Hi, Seeking Plum here. So I'm going to do something a little different today. The Big Fat Future is having an anchor storm today. It's a brainstorming session to discuss how we can use the tech to develop an app or a method on a different platform to help end destructive discourse. I've rounded up too many ideas to call in and list them or discuss them in 60 seconds, so I'm going to put them here. So you can tune into his channel to listen to everyone's comments and uh, ideas and the discussion in whole, and, uh, and you can listen here for just my tidbits, but I really recommend that you go over to The Big Fat Future to chime in and contribute, listen, um, and and really think about what we can do to help change the future. So Matt at the Big Fat Future asked us to look at, you know, the problems and why we get set in these polarized positions of not wanting to listen to each other and why we are so firm in our views. I think it's part psychology and part tech related. The internet has made information both accurate and fringe ideas easily accessible. And over time, we gather information that fits our worldview. And filter bubbles also continue to facilitate that whole process. So the more we search for things or add certain people to our circles, then the more those views are reinforced. And then once firmly entrenched in those polarized positions, I think it creates somewhat of a mob world or, or mentality where, um, you know, you feel right and correct and nothing can stop you. At the same time, even the slightest spark can set off a, a catastrophic event. Mobs are more volatile, obviously, than independent thought. And when we are, are being reinforced and supported in these ideas, um, we're, not, we're not being influenced by other, other views. Even when pulled out of those bubbles to have like one-on-one conversations with somebody from the other side, uh, human nature, you know, comes in when we have an opinion and somebody is coming to counter uh, uh, that idea, especially um, to to debate or to say we're wrong, we have a tendency to dig our feet in, much like Gadget Reason was talking about. You know, when we are expecting to be told we're wrong, we're not open-minded. When we're challenged, we prepare for battle, essentially. Along these lines, I think we have to use technology to address the polarization and the humanity side of it, the psychology side of it. But it will take work on many fronts because I think we have to tear down filter bubbles um, and the, that will be on many platforms. I know that there's a, this desire to give people what they want, to give them a more customized experience. But by doing so, we are, um, we are doing a great disservice. As an example, um, 
many years ago, I remember I could go onto Google and search a particular topic and come up with any number of results to help me find what I was looking for. But now if I go looking, I will come up with a very specified list. And usually it's not giving me what I want because I want a broader list than what it provides. I've moved away from using Google for that precise reason. I, I have also learned that if I look for a specific phrase and that same phrase is searched by a friend, doesn't matter who that friend is and what they've searched for in their years of using Google, we will all come up with different results because we have trained Google through our searching to do, you know, different things. So those filter bubbles, whether it's Google, whether it's Facebook, you know, any of these things is changing how we interact with technology. And, and if we can retrain or eliminate those, um, those, uh, I guess trappings, you know, and, and open the world back up again, because there are people out there and experiences out there and knowledge out there that we don't know about. And I think that maybe too, the fringe ideas would, I'd like to think be pushed back to the fringe. I don't know. Anyway, bubbles are only a part of it, but I think also we have to reincorporate uh, humanity and uh, remind ourselves of the human on the other end of things. Okay, so here for me as a geeky girl was the really fun part. Beyond the why, how to address the why. I spent way too much time imagining and daydreaming and thinking up <laughs> different ideas here. So um, I am afraid you're going to have to put up with a lot of uh, spewing of ideas here. So because the idea was originally uh, presented to consider VR or that virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, that's uh, where my head was originally. And um, I know that uh, that it's now been broadened to consider anything. Um, now I'm wondering whether this idea could be used uh, in those uh, venues as well as for those who don't have um, a VR uh, uh, gear, if they could also access something like this using a regular, you know, PC or something. Uh, because essentially what I'm imagining I think could be done just as easily that way as well, just without some of the um, other perks. Okay, so um, whatever this ends up being, I think the big key is getting people to use it. And so incentivization, it can come from two different angles. For some people, it's going to be the warm fuzzy of being able to, you know, um, solve something or compromise on something, understand the other person. And for others, it's the challenge, right? It's conquering the other person, making them see my way, that type of thing. So um, I think we have to decide what it is we want to, how do we attract people into it, right? If it's the, if it's to attract people to uh, the challenge, then, um, 
then then that's a different uh, uh, creation that that has to come out of this. And if it's the warm and fuzzy, let's make something beautiful here, then that's also a different um, a different creation in the end as well. That's not to say that they won't come out in the end with the same result of understanding each other and um, a compromise of ideas or seeing each other's perspectives, but getting them in the door, getting them to open the app, to come into it, to have a conversation um, or, or whatever it is we're going to do, the first step, that's what we have to first address. And so, um, I don't know if it's a dual uh, marketing campaign or if it's two different apps, right? Um, or if it's just a, a unique idea of how we do it and, and whatever unique um, idea it is, it appeals to both types of people. I mean, I'm not the type to to fight and beat people up, but I must say that once upon a time, I enjoyed a little bit of Mortal Kombat, you know, beating some people up, <laughs> knocking, knocking the, uh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> so to say that I'm going to have a duel or a challenge might be appealing, although I'm the type that wants to have the warm fuzzy, right? Anyway. So that's my first thought, is that that needs to be addressed first. The why, why they're going to use this app or whatever it is, why they're going to enter, why they're going to encourage someone from the other side to get involved. So the more I listen to uh, the Big Fat Future today and the more I think about it, the more I realize how limited some of my ideas are and where these things could really go. So I'd love to hear feedback, but I will uh, put out some of this stuff to let you know where my mind was at. I imagined a shared environment where an AI would ask questions to lead the dialogue. The goal being that the AI would help keep things on track by asking questions to help the, the conversation uh, stay focused and that you're not there for hours on end. So I toyed with the idea of maybe um, earning points or something of that nature where we're having the conversation and uh, I understand that the other side understood what I was communicating previously. And so I reward them in some way. But I think that uh, what if one side out of spite does not want to reward the other side, right? Then then the whole a goal of, of rewarding um, is pointless. Um, and the, the reason I was thinking of even rewarding or earning points is because often people feel good about, they feel warm and fuzzy when they do earn something. And, 
And we want to encourage good conversation, good communication skills, and understanding each other. And if the other side is rewarding them, and they can't earn it themselves by something, you know, they can't uh, give it to themselves type of thing, then maybe um, they, then it would be, you know, beneficial in some way. But I could see that someone might, uh, out of spite, withhold points to the other side. The other problem being is even if you earned all of these points and both sides were amenable to awarding points to each side, what do these translate to in the end? Like, what's the whole point? Uh, yes, point points. I also consider the idea of uh, silly um, uh, quote punishments if someone violated you know, the rules of engagement, whatever those rules were determined before they sat down. Um, and and those, because there's no limitations inside of this type of environment, um, they could they could be just about anything. And I'm thinking in a gaming type mindset. A more productive idea that I was thinking is that maybe every, let's say, 20 or 30 minutes, if the conversation is not advancing, then the individuals that are in this environment go into either a a group uh, communication type game or uh, something like you know the the escape rooms that exist now but in, of course it's in this environment so really it's this complex game but you have to work together to solve the puzzle and by working together to do this fun thing you're learning to communicate and so when you come out the other side, maybe you've learned something either about each other or about the ability to communicate that now you can come back into the conversation and maybe have more of an affinity for each other or more of an understanding for each other and use that to move forward. Whether it's something like the escape rooms or whether it's something more simplistic like the communication games that people use in business to help do team building Whatever it is, there's not much that we're limited to when it's in this kind of shared environment. Anyway, that's sort of all over the place, but I am trying to think of ideas to incentivize and also to guide the whole process because you don't want people to be in there wasting their time. You also want them to have fun in there and you want to encourage them to use this app and to make progress so that we can actually have uh, um good productive conversations to learn about each other and to come out the other end having uh, having a good time having learned something um yeah so there it is so i didn't elaborate on this earlier but with the ai i see that there's a few things we'd have to do right we'd have to give uh it our goal, whether that's reconciliation or understanding or any other number of things we'd want to do, plus tell it the topic we want to cover. And although the AI would have obviously more information as you described, um, my hope would be that its primary role in this would be to ask questions apart from offering information, because I want us as humans to do the heavy lifting. In my view, that's the only way we can really make forward progress. Like you said, we can't just talk to bots. We need to be able to talk to each other. So I want the, the AI to facilitate the process. At least this is one avenue to 
learning and growth that I perceive. But uh, I could be missing any number of things. So we've come around to uh, VR and the benefits and the drawbacks. I still think it's very important to have a very realistic representation of the individual. And I do agree about the drawbacks with respect to skin color and um, gender and, and all of the different uh, physicalities that can uh, cause a divide in a conversation. Since uh, the Big Fat Future brought this up earlier in the day, I've been thinking about this. If we have a very realistic representation of ourselves, enough that we could see flushing on the face, um, even squinting of the eyes, um, what I like to describe as when you're looking at someone and talking to them and you can see their shutters close in their eyes, that's sort of when you can tell that they've shut you out. N nothing has changed with respect to how they might be squinting at you, etc. but it's a look in their eye. They've, they've sort of shut you down. Uh, if you could pick up these types of things um, through the representation that's in the VR, um, then that I think is really pivotal to the conversation because you need to be able to read that person, right? But if we can also use the benefits of VR by tweaking things. so. Let's say we are having a conversation that is influenced by race. If every person coming into the conversation can tweak themselves, so instead of coming in with any realistic skin color, we change it to uh, green or purple or orange or whatever, right? Maybe orange doesn't quite work, but something like that. And then the color you might flush um, if you're purple, you turn green on your cheeks or something like that, right? Or maybe you have polka dotted skin, whatever it is, something um, completely unnatural, um, but removes that from the conversation. So you can still see their facial expressions, the look in their eye and, and all of these different things. Also, if we could tweak the gender, instead of becoming gender neutral, just um, I, I, maybe it is gender neutral. It depends on the conversation, right? But to have those options, if I'm female, but I think that the conversation would be um, more appropriate or I would be better received on this particular topic if I was speaking as a man, then if I could switch that switch and it changes the sound of my voice, but you could still pick up the intonations and they sound real, then, you know, I flip that button or if it's fine, then I stay as myself. Anyway, if we could have just these different options, but with the VR, our options are unlimited. We can change virtually anything, but I still lean towards the idea that we need to keep the realistic human aspects of ourselves there as the base, because we need to see each other. We need to, because when we leave that environment, we're going to see other humans, right? We're gonna have these real kinds of conversations that might mimic or be very similar to what we just had in this environment. So we need to be able to carry outside of the app what we just had. And I think if we can see each other as human and not an avatar or a character, it makes it more real. Anyway, just some random thoughts.